Please open your Bibles with me to the second epistle of Peter, chapter 2. Second Peter, chapter 2. read the chapter in its entirety. Peter writes, God's word declares, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them and bring upon themselves swift destruction And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked, for that righteous man dwelling among them And seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness, and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities, whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these, as natural brute beasts, made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as, that, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are, and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children, which have forsaken the right way, and are gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking with the man's voice forbade the badness of the prophet. These are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the mist of darkness is reserved forever. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption. 
for of whom a man is overcome, of the same as he brought in bondage. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it, to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again, and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. I know the Lord will bless the reading of his word to the hearts of his people gathered here this evening. Last week, we concluded our study in verse 9. Peter writes in verse 9, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Beloved, believing sinner, as we saw here last week, the apostle very blessedly brings to our mind the sureness of our salvation. Indeed, the certainty of our deliverance through Christ. Peter comforts us with these words, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly. And also very solemnly brings to our mind the sureness of the judgment of the unjust, who Peter says are reserved to be punished on that day. Peter reminds us of both the salvation of God's people, that none would despair, and the judgment of the unjust, that none would presume. Lord, if I'm not saved now, I come only pleading your goodwill to save sinners. Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. What good news is here for us, beloved? When Peter writes, the Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations, he is declaring the same gospel of Job and all of God's people. They confess, Heavenly Father, I beg you, deliver me from going down to the pit. I have found a ransom in your beloved son. Indeed, the good shepherd delivers his sheep. My friend, have you heard him for yourself? Can you say with God's people, I have found a ransom? I shall be delivered from the pit of hell? Beloved, our Lord declares the good news of his being our ransom. He declares, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. Beloved, he keeps us. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations. In the face of the temptations of false teachers, in the face of the temptations of false doctrines, indeed in the face of every temptation of our wicked hearts, our Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly. As the psalmist sings it, Deliver my soul, O Lord, from lying lips and from a deceitful tongue. And how does he do this? Our Lord very blessedly declares the reason. Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Are you distressed by your sin? Are you distressed by your temptations? So is the psalmist. He sings aloud the testimony of God's people. In my distress, 
I cried unto the Lord, and he heard me. Beloved, believing sinner, in your distress cry out to your high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ, who was touched with the feeling of our infirmities and in all points was tempted as we are, yet he was found without sin. Cry to the Lord in the distress of all your temptations and come boldly under the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Beloved, there is deliverance for sinners. Come boldly to the throne of grace through the merits of Christ, indeed through the merits of his sin-cleansing blood and his perfect righteousness. But the ungodly, those who wish to come to God by another throne, the throne of his judgment, take heed to Solomon's warning. In the throne of judgment, the throne of God's judgment, scattereth away all evil with his eyes. My evil friend, if you come to God apart from the blood and righteousness of Christ, you approach him sitting upon the throne of judgment. Don't do it. For he scattereth away all evil with his eyes. Sinner, flee to Christ. Flee to the throne of God's grace and be delivered from all the evil you are in his sight. All right, let's pick up where we left off in verse 10. Peter is writing here in verse 10. But chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Now Peter is speaking here of false preachers and false teachers. And he tells us that these false preachers and teachers may be known not only in that they preach a gospel that is no gospel at all, but additionally, they may be known chiefly by two great errors. First, Peter writes, they walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness. That is, the conduct of their life was after the flesh. While they gave attention to their bodily appetites, to the neglect of their souls, being dead in trespasses and sins, being alien, aliens from the life of God in their soul, they had no spiritual appetite. And today it is the same. In false religion, when they speak of health, wealth, and prosperity, never do they think of the health, wealth, and prosperity of a believer's soul in Christ. I love what John wrote in 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. He writes here, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Beloved, consider how our soul prospers through our benefactor, the Lord Jesus Christ. Through the merits of his blood, we have no sin. And through the merits of his righteousness, we have peace with God. Indeed, we are perfectly accepted in Christ, for our heavenly Father hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That is the only prosperity there is, to have the Spirit of God testify with your spirit that ye are complete in Christ. 
Now, Peter not only tells us that these false preachers walk after the flesh, but that they despise government. These false preachers and teachers cry, let's forget doctrine and let everyone do his own thing, or let's agree to disagree. They talk of secondary and primary truths. What are we to understand from such language? Very simply this, they despise our sovereign, all-powerful Lord. Our Lord spoke of them on this wise, in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. Indeed, they take the teachings of men and make it their doctrines. And while it seemingly sounds good, it is used by men who, worship, who wish to usurp the authority of God's word, and in particular, our governor, the Lord Jesus Christ. A man named Medelnius, I don't pronounce that name very well, but that's okay. You don't have to remember his name. <laughs> he wrote in the 1600s, something that you may have heard. It's very popular today. He wrote, in essentials, unity. In doubtful things or non-essential things, liberty. And in all things, charity. What did Medelnius promote? He promoted in essentials, unity. And in non-essentials, graciousness. In doubtful things, liberty, in all things, love. Sounds good, but it is not good at all. This man's quote is used to promote peace with men. And my friend, you can only have one or the other, peace with man or peace with God. And if you have peace with God, you'll find yourself among peaceful, God-loving men. As John wrote, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him, that begat, loveth him also, that is begotten of him. My friend, if you do not love Christ, you will not love his doctrine. And if you love not his doctrine, you will most certainly not love his people. Medelnius is the reason we hear people say things like, we agree in this, the essentials of the faith, but in non-essentials, charity. It sounds good, right? Well, who decides what's essential or what's not? King Solomon wrote, Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselor, there is safety. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. My friend, if you will be spared these false preachers and teachers, listen to the multitude of counselors of God's word. The counsel of the Father is this. This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. The counsel of the Son is on this wise. Believe on him whom the Father hath sent. And the counsel of the Spirit is one with the Father and the Son. Look there with me in 1 John chapter 5. Beginning in verse 7. First John chapter 5, verse 7. There are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, and the water, and the blood, and these three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God, which he hath testified of his Son. He 
that believeth on the Son of God hath a witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. Verse 11. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. Turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28. Look there with me in verse 18. Read these words. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Indeed, as the prophet of God declared of the Lord Jesus Christ, the government shall be upon his shoulder, and not the shoulder of man. This is what Peter is declaring to us, beloved, that these false preachers and teachers hate our sovereign Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. They hate government, and ultimately they hate the, the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. One missionary sending organization wrote in their rehashed policy book, we subjugate any personal doctrinal views that might cause controversy or division among the team. So basically, you'll have peace with them as long as you don't preach Christ, or you'll find out just how unloving they are. Peter warns, warns us, no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. My friend, if you are my brother in Christ, you'll not have any so-called personal views of our Lord Jesus Christ. No, just one blessed view, a sovereign, successful Savior who saves his people from their sins, and not this pitiful little Jesus who can't save anyone unless he gets their permission first. Peter further writes that they are presumptuous and self-willed. That is, in everything they do, they lean, not, they lean on their own understanding and not that of the Lord. Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 3. Look there with me in verse 5. God's word declares, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes, fear the Lord, and depart from evil. These self-willed false converts have no reverence or fear of God in their hearts, words, or indeed in their conduct. Does God's word declare, I suffer not a woman to teach nor to usurp authority over the man, but to be in silence. It most certainly does. But these self-willed hypocrites think to themselves, I know better than God. And rather than acknowledge him, they are wise in their own eyes, do not fear the Lord, and so do not depart from evil. These self-willed false preachers and teachers are pleased with themselves and proud of their accomplishments. 
They are the sort that vainly promote their own numerical success rather than proclaim the glorious success of the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, I'm, I'm describing what I once was. <laughs> the Lord saved me from it. And these false preachers, they report on how many gospel tracts they distributed or how many people they witnessed to or count how many people were out to their church. They brag on their own so-called success. Well, is that what God's people want to hear? Is that what we rejoice in? No. The only numerical success I'm interested in hearing about, the only success I rejoice in is, is, is this, that of all that the Father gave to the Son to save in the covenant of grace, he shall lose none of them. Perhaps there's someone here this evening that wants to press me for a st statistic. You want a statistic? <laughs> I'll give you a statistic. 100% of God's elect will and shall be saved by the Son of God. <laughs> Our Lord declares, the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. God's word declares, I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to, doctrine, to, the, to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. Does someone dare say anything contrary to the blessed teaching of our Lord Jesus Christ? Avoid them. All right, verse 11. The apostle continuing here in 2 Peter chapter 2 writes in verse 11, Whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord, verse 12, but these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption. Peter reminds us that even the angels of the Lord, who are greater in power and might than we are, who are guardians over particular men, and who preside over kingdoms, do not bring charges and accusations against the Lord. Or other angels that fell, nor against magistrates, nor those in authority. But these false teachers, Peter writes in verse 11, as natural brute beasts, verse 12 rather, as natural brute beasts, that is, like dumb cattle, do not hesitate to speak evil of the things that they do not understand. And Peter adds, they shall utterly perish in their own degenerate ruin and corruption. Why will they perish? Because though they be of the religious sort, they ever remain unregenerate. That is, God leaves them to their natural brute state. And turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. There with me in verse 14. The Apostle Paul writes in verse 14, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, The natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. 
But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. What a blessed statement. Beloved, we have the mind of Christ. Not all men are made to hear his voice, but those who have been inwardly called by the Holy Spirit, not only do we hear our Lord's voice outwardly through the preaching of the gospel, but very blessedly inwardly. Indeed, God's people have the mind of Christ to lead and govern them. As the Lord taught you, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And you do not murmur and complain like these brute beasts, like the cattle that Peter describes. No, rather, very blessedly, you rejoice and thank our Heavenly Father that he has revealed Christ in you, and rejoice to hear him say, for it seemed good in thy sight. All right, verse 13, the apostle continuing to write, writes these words, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as that, that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Verse 13, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you. Verse 14, having eyes full of adultery and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children. Peter makes us to know that these false brethren shall receive the reward of unrighteousness. For indeed they shall hear on that day, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And for what cause? For not comforting his people. Turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 25, and look there with me in verse 37. Then shall the righteous answer him. This is the same beloved people that Peter's writing about when he speaks about the godly. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee a hungered and fed thee? Or thirsty and gave thee drink? When saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we, we thee sick or in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was unhungered, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and you visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee unhungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison? and did not minister unto thee. 
Then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. These false brethren are only interested in a worldly, carnal, idolatrous comfort that comes from the work of their own hands and not the comfort that comes from the Lord's hand. God's word declares to his ministers, indeed to his preachers, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. These false brethren, Peter warns us of, in, in this, uh, let's go back to Second uh, Peter. He warns us that they feast with you. That is, they claim the name of Christ and the fellowship of the body of Christ, but they are only spots and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deception. For these false preachers and teachers, religion is a sport. Indeed, they believe church is something to play at and be entertained with. Peter concludes that they beguile unstable souls and exercise covetous practices and that they are not the children of God, but rather the cursed children of the devil. My friend, beg our heavenly father that ye be not among those who will hear, depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Indeed, Lord, deliver me from hearing any such thing. All right, verse 15, the apostle continues writing here, which we have forsaken the right way, rather, which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. Verse 16, but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumbass speaking with the man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet Balaam was promised great reward and honor to curse the people of Israel. Balaam was a false prophet who Balak, the wicked king of Moab, enticed with riches to curse God's people. Balak said, I will promote thee unto very great honor, and I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people. Balaam entertained Balak and his wicked servants, not just once, but twice, because of his covetousness. False teachers always forsake the gospel of God for the rewards of money and praise of men. As our Lord declared, no servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. He cannot serve God and mammon. And just as surely as you cannot serve to please you cannot serve to please God and please men, Paul writes, "If I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ." All right, verse 17. Peter, continuing to write here, describes these false preachers and teachers, that these are wells without water, clouds that are carried with a tempest, to whom the midst of darkness, is reserved forever. 
Peter describes these false preachers and teachers as wells without water. Indeed, the metaphor is this. They are preachers without the gospel. Just wells without water, which look large and deep, with the promise of water, yet they have nothing. False preachers and teachers promise much to their followers, but in the end prove to be but dry, empty wells. Christ is the well of living water. To drink of him is to never thirst again, as our Lord declares, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Peter also describes these false preachers and teachers as clouds that are carried with a tempest. Just as a farmer sees large, large dark clouds overhead and expects a refreshing rain on his dry land, he discovers that they are empty and only driven by a dry wind. Just as clouds carried by the wind excite the hopes and expectations of the farmer, hoping for the refreshing rain, so too these false preachers excite the hopes and expectations of comfort, but never provide it, because they don't preach Christ. The metaphor is fitting, for our Lord declares, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Indeed, a man must be born of the gospel of God, blessed by the Spirit of God, to enter into the kingdom of God. And these clouds without water, these preachers without the gospel, as Paul writes, let them be accursed. And Peter writes the same, that darkness is reserved for them forever. All right, verse 18. The apostle, continuing to write, declares here, For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lusts of the flesh, through much wantonness, those that were clean escape from them who live in error. While they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for of whom a man is overcome, of the same as he brought in bondage. Peter writes that these false teachers and preachers speak great swelling words of vanity. That is, they flatter with big words and titles, and they brag about the flesh, of which they have so much confidence in. What a contrast. God's people don't get puffed up about what they have done in their flesh. Rather, they rejoice in what the Son of God did in His. Turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Look there with me in verse 3. The Apostle Paul writes in verse 3, For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit, and notice the testimony of God's people here in the latter part of this verse 3. They rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Peter further writes, these false preachers and teachers promise liberty, while they themselves are the servants of corruption. They promise the people health, happiness, prosperity, and eternal life while they themselves are the servants of corruption. Now the people who are led astray by the false teachers are not the elect of God, though God's elect may be deceived for a time by them. But these false teachers prey upon the ignorant and the untaught 
who have religious interests, who have reformed their lives and who are trying to establish their own righteousness before God. Our Lord declares of them, Woe unto you lawyers, for ye have taken away the key of knowledge. Ye entered not in yourselves, and them that were entering in ye hindered. The key of knowledge these false preachers take away is Christ. Rather than preach Christ and him crucified, they preach themselves. What a contrast with faithful ministers of the gospel. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Look there with me in verse 1. The Apostle Paul writing here in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, and whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants, for Jesus' sake. All right, verse 20, 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 20. Peter continues in verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Verse 21. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed in her wallowing that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. Peter is telling us here that though a man may temporarily escape the pollutions of this world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if that man does not obey the commandment of the gospel of Christ to repent of the sin of looking to his own so-called righteousness to save himself, if that man does not look to Christ to escape the pollutions of his sin and iniquity, he becomes entangled and overcome again, trusting in the filthy rags of his own so-called righteousness. How fitting is the comparison. King Solomon writes, As a dog returneth to his vomit, so a fool returneth to his folly. Indeed, it is folly for that man who, after hearing the gospel, that Christ has established a perfect righteousness for sinners, to turn from that blessed gospel of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ to be saved and then try to add to it. So my friend, what must you do to be saved? What must 
every sinner here gathered here this evening do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, period. For you who hear the gospel and believe it not, for you who hear the gospel and believe it not, it had been better for you not to have known the way of righteousness than after to have known it to turn from this gospel commandment. Six times our Lord warns, it shall be more tolerable at the judgment than for those who do not hear the gospel preached to them than those who have heard it and obey not the holy commandment of the gospel of Christ. Beloved, believing sinner, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Amen. All right, I think we'll conclude our study there.